Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Will you show God some gratitude? Will you thank God for his faithfulness? You want to thank God for things in your life you are grateful for? You want to appreciate the father of all fathers? You want to tell him how grateful you are? What are the two things that the Lord has done for you that you are eternally grateful for today? Just thank him. Just thank him. Maybe you say, Pastor, I haven't got two, but one. Maybe you say, Pastor, I don't even have one. He hasn't done anything for me. But you are here in this service. Will you thank God for the life that you have? What are you grateful for today? Are you grateful for your mother? Are you grateful for your father? Are you grateful for your brother? Are you grateful for your sister? Are you grateful for your church? Are you grateful for your career? Are you grateful for your colleagues? Are you grateful for the people that surround you? What are you grateful for today? My neighbors, will you thank him? A grateful heart is a heart for more. The one leopard who returned to say thank you, he had a grateful heart and he received more. What are you grateful for today? He gave me life. He gave me strength. He healed me, my body. I was broken. He put me together. Men rode over my head, but he still brought me to a worthy place. What are you grateful for? I was in chain, he broke away my chain. What are you grateful for? Will you bless him for today? Will you just bless him? Say, Father, I am grateful. For my family, I am grateful. We might not be perfect, but I am grateful. It is not by accident that we are in the family in which we are, but I am grateful. I am grateful where I was born. Oh, Jesus. What are you grateful for today? God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Can you pick it up for me? God bless you. Man, never as a church, we are grateful for the sons and daughters you have given us. We are grateful for all the For those who have left us with, we are grateful. I'm forever grateful. Forever grateful. I'm forever grateful.
Jesus, so look, put your hands together, the person next to you, and say, I am grateful to God for your life. I thank you, I have you by my side. I am grateful you are here today. I thank God for what he's doing in your life. I am grateful for his blessing over your life. I am grateful for his blessings over your life. Oh, whilst they, they were looking to laugh at you, but now they look at you and they laugh with you. Because they see the gratefulness and the greatness of God over your life. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Father. We are grateful. In Jesus' mighty name. And give the Lord a clap offering. In the house of the Lord. Praise God. Amen. For the past three weeks, we have been on a journey uh, becoming effective witness. Praise God. Becoming effective witness. And all this series, we have done about three weeks now. And I have just discovered that I have not gone through my notes. Praise God. In other words, the way I have prepared the, the series and stuff like that, anytime I stand up and I begin to minister, it's just what it's my spirit that comes out, and I've not gone through my notes on the step-by-step, but as I stand and I minister, words begins to jump into my spirit, and I begin to do that. So I've seen that all of these notes I've prepared, I've not, we haven't done any of them, but I believe we've been blessed, amen. But today, I want to pick one of my notes, scriptures, and we will run off with that. And it's John 3, chapter number 16. John chapter number 3, verse number 16. And this is a scripture that we are all very familiar with. Somebody shout amen. We begin to ask ourselves, Pastor, what has this got to do with becoming effective witness? Praise God. In becoming effective witness, it, is, it has to emanate from love. If it is not coming out of love, then we begin to bruise the harvest. Jesus himself said that the harvest is ready and plentiful. We should do what? We should not just go and bring our combined harvesters. We begin to harvest. Not knowing the, the sensitivity of the produce we are harvesting. Many of us we will witness to our very bruised Many of us are very damaged. So you just take your combine harvester or your Ferrari and you just go and we're going to harvest at 17. What do we do? We bruise the harvest. But Jesus said that we should pray that the Lord will send and the prayer is the preparation for the good harvest. Praise God. But when you are harvesting with love. When 
everything within you is because of the love that you have for your husband, you have for your wife, you have for your neighbor, you have for your colleague, that they will not perish but have eternal life and everlasting life. Beloved, you will do whatever it takes not to bruise that harvest. Because you're not just seeing one apple, but you are seeing a whole acre of apple tree. The love that is within us, that compels us, that brings the compassion in us to witness, to tell of others what God has done for us. And I said three weeks ago, it is now very, very important and eminent upon us that we become effective witness. Amen. That we don't allow the outward appearances of people bruise the harvest. Amen. So the Bible says, for God so greatly, he qualifies the love there. For God so greatly loved the world is me and you. Amen. So for God so greatly loved and dearly prized the world. The world is you. So that is how greatly you are prized. I mean, there is no amount of money that can be put on your head. You are priceless. You are the image of Christ. In fact, ye are little gods. Know ye not that ye are little gods. Amen. You are priceless because God has created you in his image. And what does image mean? What does image do? Image is simply a replica or mimic the, the actual person. So we are supposed to mimic God. Amen. We are supposed to do what God does. That is what he created us in our image. So in other words, what God can do, we can also do. As a matter of fact, I say greater works. Jesus himself said that. Greater works will he do than this. So whatever the true reflection picture is doing, the image also does the same. So there is a great price upon your life. Amen. So don't nullify yourself. Don't disregard yourself. Don't let the words of your accusers and opposers, people without vision, take you down. Because people who diminishes people are people who have no vision. They look at your current situation right now and they disqualify you. Praise God. People who diminish people are people who speak negative words into people. That the words of their mouth sometimes because you don't think you are worth living among people. Those are diminishers. Such people, you don't have to even give them your time and your attention. Amen. Why? Because God did not make you as such. You are the image of and the express image of Christ. And your value, nobody can devalue you. 
Amen. So, he gave his one and only begotten son so that whosoever believes and trusts in him as savior shall not perish but have eternal life. Somebody say eternal life. The mind of Christ for me and you that we live in eternal life. And it's not just a selfish eternal life. It's eternal life that we also want for our brothers, our sisters, our colleagues, our husbands, our wives, our children, our, our work colleagues, our friends. We also want them to experience this eternal life. We want them to experience this uncommon joy. We want them to experience this peace. Amen. Because once upon a time, we were not like this. But even though we were not like this, God did not see us in our current state. He had vision and saw what we can become. That we who sat in darkness can once upon a time sit in light. In the light we shall see light. Amen. So there are some husbands of us, there are some wives of ours, there are some children of ours who appear to be in darkness. But we forget that once upon a time we also sat in darkness. And the love of God was shed upon us. Somebody gave us a trash or something. Somebody gave us a card or something. Somebody invited us to a conference and something happened to us and our life changed. We gave our life to Christ. Why? We believed and trusted in Jesus as our Savior. And some of us have become pastors. Some of us have become evangelists. Some of us have become prophetess and prophets. Some of us have become business women, business men. Some of us have become career people. Amen. Shining the light of God wherever they are. So if we are to become effective witness, the number one principle and key for which that will compel me to share my faith with my brother or sister has to come out of love. Because I said two weeks ago, God did not date anything outside of love or compassion. If you saw him feeding the sick, it was because of compassion. Jesus, if you saw him feeding, healing the sick, it is out of compassion. The Bible says, and he will be filled with compassion. The disciples say, oh, where? Send these people away. Let them go and find for themselves. But I say, how can we send them away? What a great father he is. If it was me and you, we would calculate 5,000 pounds. Church can't afford. Amen. Let the people go and find their own food. But I said, no, we can't do such a thing. These people have been with us all day. They have sat under our feet. We have given them the good news. We have nourished their spirit. Now let, them, let us nourish them physically. Let us meet their hunger. And it is out of love, great love, that you hear such a speech. Amen. So, he did not bruise the harvest. The love that was upon him and in him compelled him that none should perish. Are you with me? So, we cannot go from here to our unbelieving wives and husbands and children 
and begin to condemn them. That is not love. God loved us whilst we were yet sinners. Somebody saying, what has this got to do with becoming effective witness? Yes, it has everything to do with becoming effective witness. Once upon a time, you were just like them. Some of you gave us a tough time. Or you gave the Lord a tough time. God gave you a long rope before you accepted him. We kept rejecting his love. Even right now, we are in church, but we are still rejecting his love. And he's still loving us. We keep rejecting it. We have not made it easy for him. Praise God. So when we are going out there, it has to be out of love. The love of God that is in you compels you. How do I become effective witness? How do I become effective witness? Luke chapter number 8. Luke chapter number 8. I'll pick this from the Amplified Version. Luke chapter number 8. There is a story in this scripture that we are all very familiar with. Praise God. We have read it several times, but today I just want to pick just a verse or two. But just for better understanding, I will read a little bit of the story for you. So that when we come to the two verses we want to narrow in or focus on, it will all make sense to you. Now, how do I become an effective witness? Amen. Maybe pre-COVID, there wasn't the need to. But now you realize that when the end is drawing to a close, so many things will happen. Bible says that many hearts will grow cold. Even those of us who are in church, our heart for God, our love for God will grow cold. Now, for all of a sudden, prayer meeting doesn't mean anything to us. Nothing means anything for us anymore. That is when you begin to know that our heart is growing cold towards the things of God. So, Bible says in um, Luke chapter number 8, verse number 26, then they sailed to the country of the Gennesaren, which is, is east of Galilee. Now, when Jesus stepped out on land, he was met by a man found from the city of Jerusalem, who was possessed with demons. This man was not in church. He was not sanctified. He was not, I mean, clean. Praise God. Bible says he was possessed with demons. Not just a demon, but demons. It means that he has been infested with many of them. Praise God. Many of them for a long time. So it hasn't been a short time. It hasn't been a week. It hasn't been uh, two weeks. But these demons have tormented this man for a very long time. And when the Bible says a long time, it means a long time. Because, uh, I mean, when you are in that position for some time, even one day appears to be like a thousand years. Amen. When you are being buffeted by demons, how many of us have had spiritual challenges that we thought that it was forever? Never, never ending. So the Bible says that this man who was infested with demons have suffered this for a long time and had 
worn no clothes and was not living in a house, but among the tombs where the dead are. This man was just relegated because of his behavior. The demons are directing his life. The demons are living his life. So he, even though he has a physical body, he doesn't live as a normal person because demons are telling him what to do. Don't put on clothes. They, they try to, the family try to get clothes on him. He drives it out and maybe they'll begin to stone him in the city. So he relegates himself to the tomb, to the cemetery, to the places where the dead are buried. There you don't have the living coming there. So he just have built his tabernacle there. He housed himself there. Praise God. So Bible says that he lives not in a house, but among the tombs. Praise God. Seeing Jesus, he cried out. And now my my, my spirit just wandered a little bit. What was Jesus doing among the tomb? Amen. But you see, Jesus, I said three weeks ago that he will leave the 99 in search for the one. He's not where the masses are. Many of us, we want where the masses are. But you see, we will be where the masses are, but God must not be there. The fact that there are masses there doesn't mean that God is there. Amen. Jesus was not among the masses. Many a time he removed himself from the masses and go to a solitary place. So when Jesus realized and knew how long this man has been tormented and he has been moved out from houses and now living into the spirit of God led him to the tomb where he will connect with this man who has become an a social outcast. Seeing Jesus, he cried out with a terrible voice from the death of his throat. That means this guy needed help. But nobody could help him because his appearance caused people to run away from him. Amen. How many of us know that our friends, our fathers, our mothers, our brothers and sisters, they need help. They really need help. So this guy like Bartimaeus cried with a loud voice. But praise be to God, this one, he had no, he didn't have the, the world to do people to silence him. Because the world to do people will not venture and go to the places like that in the tomb. So he could cry out. He could cry out. And the good father who hears our cries and turns to us did not reject him. Amen. He fell down before him in dread and terror. Even demons bow at the name of Jesus. Amen. He, he bowed down and shouted loudly, what business do we have in common with each other. Jesus, son of the most high, even demons understood and knew his authority and power. Amen. I beg you, do not torment me. 
before the appointed time of judgment. So you know a little bit of that story there. Praise God. Now he was already commanding the unclean spirit to come out of the man, for it had seized him violently many times, and he was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles. But he would break the bounds and be driven by the demon to the desert. And Jesus asked him, what is your name? And he answered, legend, because many demons have entered him. Amen. Many demons have entered him. They continually beg him not to cast them out. Praise God. Now let us go to verse number 37. Before you go to 37, let's just go to verse number 32. Now a large herd of pigs were feeding there on the mountain and demons begged Jesus to allow them to enter the pigs and he gave them permission. Amen. Oh, somebody shout amen. amen. Somebody shout amen. amen. Jesus did not refuse their request. Amen. So, they could not stand the torment of Christ. Because that is what demons do. They torment, so they know how it is to be tormented. So, when they met Jesus, they knew that they would be tormented. So, he said, do not torment us before the appointed time. Amen. Let us do devastation to people a little bit. Don't take us out now. So, they begged that they be taken to the pig. Spirits don't die. Amen. They just change location. They just change addresses. Whether it be a person, whether it be a tree, whether it be river, whether it be stone, praise God. So they don't die. So cast us into the swines or pigs. And Bible says Jesus gave them permission to leave and go. Then the demons came out of the man and entered the place. And the heads rushed down steep bank into the lake and was drowned. The headsmen, all the trouble they caused for Jesus. Now, the headsmen now begged Jesus to leave the place. So, the, the, the headsmen begged him to leave town, to leave city. You have caused us a lot of collateral damages. Please, leave. We don't want you here. Bible says, verse number 38, and I'll just pick on verse number 38 and 39. How do I become effective witness? That is what I want to bring your attention to. You don't need to be a pastor. You don't need to be a bishop. You don't need to be a pastor's wife to be able to witness to somebody. Wherever you are at, at your workplace, whatever title you have, you can still witness to somebody. And now this is how you do it. Verse number 38. Praise God. Verse number 38. But the man from whom the demons had gone out kept begging him, pleading to go with him. But Jesus sent him away, saying, Now when you have experienced the hand of God and the power of God, you don't want to leave God. Amen. And most especially when it is you have received your deliverance and they are blaming the deliverer because of you. You show your commitment and faithfulness. 
to the deliverer. You wouldn't want to leave him. So this was a faithful and a grateful person who identified and realized what God has done for him. Once upon a time, I did not live among people. I lived among the tombs. That was my address. Nobody recognized me. But this man, by the grace of God, has delivered me from my chains. The Bible says that they will bind him with chains and even break the chains. Now he has become a person. Now people can look at him and say, is it him or is it it's not him? Now the man who has set him free is living in town. Ah, Jesus, I'm going to be your dickner. I'm going to be your, your usher. I'm going to be your worship leader. I'm going to be in your ministry. What you have done for me, I cannot let you go alone. But what did Jesus say to him? This is how you become an effective witness. Verse number 39. Praise God. But Jesus said to him, return home. Somebody say, return home. Somebody say, return home. He said, return home and tell about all the great things God has done for you. Is there anybody here God has done great things for? Is there anybody here God has done great things for? Amen. Jesus said, return home. He said, go do what? Tell. Return home and tell about all the great things God, uh, somebody say, I don't know, I, I don't know how to evangelize. I don't know how to share my faith. I don't know how to tell others about Christ. Sister Sarah, he said, go and do what? Tell the many great things God has done for you. So you look into your life. What has God done for you? So that is how you start to become effective witness. You don't break camp. You don't leave camp. But where people knew you. Where people knew you. When they knew your struggle. When they knew your failure. When they knew your 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 disappointment. When they knew, when God prosper you, you don't just live there. That I don't know, I no longer fit this place. I am more advanced than where I am now. But it is the same place you receive your deliverance. Say, so stay there. Tell others. Others need to know about this power of salvation. Daniel number 11 says that to them that know their God, they shall be strong and mighty and do exploit so now you have experienced the power of god you know god now let others also experience this same power let this exploit be extended to others so it's a return home don't follow me don't come after me i am able to do what my father has sent me now you become my extended arm to carry the message to carry the good news. So in other words, tell others the good news you have received. Maybe men looked at you in your struggle and they abuse you. Maybe when you needed help most like this man, needing help, they will bind him with chains. They rejected him. And now, 
God delivers him. He says, I'm eternally grateful. I want to serve you. I want to pour water on your feet. I want to pour water on your hands. And he looked at him and said, son, I am grateful you want to do all this for me. But there's somebody here in this city that must see you. How you used to be among the tombs. And no, you no longer live among the tombs. How you used to be naked. And now you're wearing the, the most designer clothing you can get. How you used to, you, you used to tore your clothes and chains apart. But now you can stand with a brother in, in, in the street and say, look at me now. Look what the Lord has done. Amen. Look what the Lord has done. I, used, I did not used to live among people. The tombs was my address. I didn't live among men and women. I was an outcast because of the many demons that possessed me. But look at me. I'm no longer possessed by a demon. See how God has beautified my life. See how he has turned my life around. Praise God. In the midst, maybe you had maybe three times COVID. But God still kept you. So you tell people what God, maybe that, that person is in a place of need, especially in this critical moment. Things are hard for people. But Christ is the answer to all the challenges of life. Jesus said, go home and tell of the great things. Tell somebody the good life you are living. Amen. That is how you become effective witness. You tell others what God has done for you. Amen. What has the Lord... It's not about you going quoting scriptures. Genesis Revelation. You don't need that. How God brought you through this pandemic. How God delivered you from mental breakdown. How God saved your marriage. How God helped you to graduate. How it was difficult for you to even enter university and God made provision for you. How when you didn't have any qualification, God delivered you and saved you. Beloved, those are the things that tie the heart of men. That if God has done that for you, God can do it for me. If I tell you I was living among tombs, I was bound by chains, I was led by demons, I was driven by demons, but today I am a, a, a chief executive officer. I own my own business. I, 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 I'm driving a good car. I'm eating in the finest restaurant. I, I'm dressing well. You look at me. I never used to wear this kind of suit. I used to be naked. People used to run away from me. But now God touched me. He healed me. He delivered me from demon infested life. And he has made me whole. This is the God I'm talking to you about. As a matter of fact, my whole life is a testimony. And people will identify with that. And why? He did not move city. 
He did not move town. The same people knew him. Some of you in this church, we know how far you have come from. So we can see you and identify the hand of God upon your life. We can tell that indeed, this is God. Because when you first came here, you were not like this. But now we can see that indeed, God has touched you. We can see that God has prospered you. We can see that God has been good to you. Beloved, that is why you must tell others. Maybe there is a sister, a brother next to you who is struggling. You say, brother, keep courage. Trust in God. I've been at your place before. But I was steadfast. And the Lord came through for me. Will you lift up your voice and talk to him? Jesus said to him, return home. Return home. He has an assignment for you where you are at. Pray and say, Father, what is my assignment? I want to become effective witness. Maybe your sister, your brother has left church. Maybe your sister, your brother, post-COVID, their hearts have grown cold. Maybe you have to share your experience with them. Maybe you have to tell them how God has kept you till now. There are many great things God has done for you. Kabarakata. He's a good God. He's a good God. He is a good God. He doesn't want anyone to perish. He will leave the 99 in search for the one. And today, the Lord is telling us, don't move calm. Your obedience, the obedience of this madman that has been transformed, brought many to Christ. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I see Isaac in Gera wanting to leave Gera for Egypt because life was hard. Famine was there. But the Lord said unto Isaac, stay in Gera. Don't move from Gera. Stay here. I will bless you. I will favor you. And my hand will be upon you. Beloved, when yakata, my hand will be upon you. And my favor will be with you. And the Lord prosper Isaac. In fact, he became extremely distinguished. He had no title before, but his obedience gave him a title. A very worthy and extremely distinguished. Will you tell your friends the many great things God has done for you? And beloved, you don't need a Bible to do that. In other words, Jesus is saying, Jesus is showing us let your life be the witness I used to smoke I smoke no more I used to steal I steal no more and beloved men and women will believe you when they have seen you as a chain smoker and now they are with you and you, they don't even see a sign of a cigarette with you they will believe the Christ who has delivered you You are saying, Pastor, I don't have anything to tell. Look how pretty you are. Look how beautiful you are. Will you tell others how God made you pretty? How God made you pretty?
and maybe somebody who is feeling distressed and think that he or she is ugly and running away from men your great beauty will give them hope and confidence you know sometimes situation can mild your beauty sometimes circumstances can mild your beauty but maybe when you share your life I wasn't always this pretty stress, anxiety, fear caused me ugliness but God came and delivered me from fear delivered me from anxiety delivered me from fears and now you see all this beauty if God has done it for me he can do it for you that is all you need to do tell what God has done for you in Jesus mighty name Amen did you receive something for today why don't you put your hands together for the Lord and bless his holy name Jesus mighty name Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. Amen.